Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mondays Down South, hosted by Seams Media. Gentlemen, how are we today? I just want to—I uh, just want to say that I'm very excited about this week's episode. Um, I feel like this specific week's games were like the most entertaining week of football yet so far for me, and it's funny to say that even with my Colts losing. So it's been a good week. So I'm really excited about this week's segment. I want to tee it up by saying today we're quarterback focused to start this. I think this is something that a lot of our fan base will call for, and I hope you guys react to this because we want a little bit of controversial takes and some some uh, you know some strong responses to them. Um, I also want to say we're trying to build our sponsorship platform. So here's my favorite protein drink. If you want to sponsor us, Core Power, we're here for it. I just want to make that plug real quick. So that's all I got to start today's pod. Zach, do you want to take over? <laughs> Hey, I'll take over, Sai. I always love, you know, free advertisements. I wish we could say we had a, a paid partnership, but uh, I don't think we're quite yet in the pod game, gents. But without further ado, we're ready to kick off the uh, the risers and fallers for our uh, for our quarterbacks. Yeah, what you got? Now, my my main question is for Swifties. If there's any Swifties that want to come on the pod, um, for Swifties that watched the game last night, I my my question i pose is who's the better quarterback zach wilson or patrick mahomes so if any swifties want to come on the pod and help me out with that question i'm not I'm not sure of the answer so um but yeah i'm ready to rock man i like this topic like Sai said as well i was thinking during that 1 p.m witching hour man i was like yo this week four is awesome compared to the last week so I'm ready to let it happen well i think the first thing that they got to work on is spelling kelsey's name right on the back of their jersey i've been seeing a lot of k-e-l-s-e-y's you know hey you got to do a little bit better but um maybe guys I'll, I'll kick us off here with the first riser of all the quarterbacks that person is justin fields justin fields has been getting raked over the coals this entire nfl season i mean in fact i think it's even been mentioned on this podcast that Chicago should just give up on him at this point. Yeah, I know I'm talking to Mr. E over here. But um, Justin Fields settled down. They kind of restructured the offense to prioritize him, um, not in the running form, in the passing form, and that's what he did. Touchdown immediately to DJ Moore, who they need to get more involved in the offense anyways. But 16 of his first passes were completed. He also threw for 300 yards for the first time in his NFL career. Dare I say he only rushed four times. He only attempted to rush four times. So this is the Justin Fields that I like to see, where he gets the broadcast a little bit more of his accuracy. And even though they didn't come away with the win, and they are 0-4, this type of Justin Fields offense is what Chicago was super excited about. So I hope they continue to unleash that um, as the for the rest of the season. As a self-proclaimed, um, you know, fan of Justin Fields in the sense of wanting him to be successful. You know it's bad that when someone when someone is a riser on a week because they just for the first time after three seasons have thrown for 300 yards. And then beyond that, when 
they had a great stat line, but then also managed to literally implode in a way that I didn't even think was possible to lose a game that you firmly had in your grasp the entire game. That's the thing. That's the only problem I have with it, right? Because I wanted to be a rise around Justin Fields this week. I was thinking that the whole first half of the game, I was like, this is amazing. This is something to build upon. And maybe it is still something to build upon. However, when I think of it from the context of how the game finished, I just want to see him finish a game, right? It's like, it's like, you know, I look at it the same way as Wilson. I don't want to get into myself, but I look at it the same way as Wilson. Not that, you know, obviously I think Fields is better, but that's my point. So that's, I'll leave it there. I'll let E give a take because I know he's got a big, uh, um, you know, I know he's got strong opinions on Fields. Yeah, I'll jump ahead to one of my fallers um, instead of my riser. Um, now, my anchor point isn't week three to week four, but it's like preseason quarterback rankings to now. I mean, Justin Fields is one of my biggest risers, so I could not disagree with your take more. Now, granted, if your anchor point is week three, sure, he looked a lot better against a team that was coming off allowing 70 points to Miami. But, I mean, Justin Fields for me is a bottom five quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, he's obviously a good rusher, but passing just looks awful he looks completely lost i do blame their coaching staff a lot for that um but he just looks completely lost he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing he looks like a robot out there which is crazy for someone so athletic um they don't i mean dj's okay but they didn't really bring in a lot of receivers to help him shout out chase claypool but um i think i think he's going to be playing for a different team next year um i don't think he's going to be in the league for long um i i was hoping he would be kind of a top 10 quarterback this year um, but at this point you have to kind of put him in the bottom five, if I'm being honest, like he just like this, this game, notwithstanding where he did look a little better, like those first three games, like he looked as bad as Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, um, Mac Jones, like these guys, like he genuinely, I think is that bad at the position. I am shocked hearing like the discrepancy between both of your takes one of Zach's biggest risers and one of Evan's biggest followers. And the irony is I'm somewhere right in between, right? Because for me personally, like I agree with Zach in the sense of he made some throws that game where I was like, wow, like it blew my mind kind of throws a few of those, like that sidearm throw to, you know, to make a huge completion when he was about to get rocked on, you know, on the, on the line, so things like that, which were epic. But then obviously he also had his moments. I, I think it's a building block. I just know not a huge riser. Anyway, that's I, you both. I love that you guys had very opposite takes. That makes this really fun for me personally. And I was a field stand going into this year, more from a fantasy perspective because of the rushing ability. But so I'm, I'm pretty bummed about it. So Zach, I hope you're right, but I don't know. Mm. Not buy it. Sai, what's your kick us off with a, I guess a riser or a follower, follower, whatever, Damn, whatever okay. you choose. I'm trying to think about if I want to start with the, uh, the riser or the follower. I'll save the best for last. I think, Fowler, this is sad to say this because I don't, I don't like, I think his career will obviously come, go back to where it was before, if not better, but, and this is an obvious one, but we might as well start off with an obvious one. Joe Burrow right now looks completely like he shouldn't even be out on the field right now. I think he's probably playing more hurt than people realize he is because a, a healthy Joe Burrow could never look like this. But in reality, when you were talking about, you know, some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL thus far, like Joe Burrow is, like it's crazy. He is in that conversation for some of the worst NFL, like quarterback play in the NFL so far. And that's crazy when you think about the fact that at the end of last year, a lot of people, myself included, were potentially putting him as the number two best quarterback in the league, like above guys like Allen and Hurts. And to see a guy that high drop down that low this season is, I mean, 
just such a wild thought. And then the fact that, you know, you look at that team, you even have Jamar Chase, like, losing his cool, like, talking about, like, I'm open on every play. And to be fair, he's kind of right. Like, I'm not saying you should react that way, but he's kind of right. And the problem is Burrow just can't get him get his guys the ball right now. And part of it is the offensive line. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's all his fault, but he's just not capable of being the playmaker that he's been the last couple of uh, years, at least the first four weeks of the season, you know, almost a quarter way through or a little close to a quarter way through. Yep. So Burrow is definitely one of my biggest followers, which is sad and shocking because I love Joe Burrow. Oh, that's an interesting overreaction, right? Because we all know Joe Burrow is, is a fantastic quarterback. I mean, he's a top three quarterback, if top five. So I just kind of chalk it up to a temporary thing. I mean, we both know, right, that Cincinnati started really slow last year. They're going to certainly pick it up as the season goes. And it's just too competitive of a division for them to fall off right now. So um, I do think that him being hurt is a, is a certain subset of that side. I would agree with you there. But overall, there's there's no worry in the world. I wouldn't even consider him falling at this point. He's had a couple of bad games, but he's going to clearly turn it around. He's, he's Joe Burrow. So that's what I expect. Do you believe the Bengals will make the playoffs? I think they have a very high probability too. Yes. Okay. I don't think cool. they're going to win the division anymore, but I think they're a playoff team. Cool. Go ahead. E. Yeah. I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but the injury thing is weird for me because like side mentioned the four games he's had are like, you know, again, like I mentioned with Justin Fields, like bottom five quarterback in the league type play he's had. And the injury thing, it's like, Guys are always playing hurt. Like, I think back to the, I don't know if you guys watched the Netflix quarterback special, but, like, how Kirk Cousins could, like, barely walk early in the season last year and was still playing great ball. And, like, Justin Herbert, like, broke his finger in the middle of that game and still threw, like, a 50-yard dot to close that game out um, this weekend. So I'm like, ankle, like, sure, it hurts his mobility, but, like, you know, he looked okay on Monday Night Football and maybe short week and, like, I don't know. I just can't chalk it all up to the injury at this point. I think, obviously, offensive line is a big one. T. Higgins was out a lot of that game. But there's a lot else going on. And as it pertains to the Bengals as a whole, the defense is also, I think, a lot worse. They lost a good amount there. So, I don't know. It's it's looking bleak. But uh, Arizona's on tap for this week. We'll talk about it during picks. But, who boy, if they, don't lose, if they don't win that one, then it might be time to shut it down. Well, I'll kind of offer my next one. I'll actually offer a faller here. And, Evan, you, you uh, teed it up perfectly because that guy, to me, is Kirk Cousins. And I think that Minnesota right now, this is a team I actually picked to win the, the division in between. I knew they were kind of going to be on the races with uh, Detroit. But this is a team that had one loss through 10 weeks last year. And Kirk Cousins was meant to be the answer and replace Case Keenum to the, take them to that next direction. And he is just not the answer anymore. You can tell everyone in Minnesota is frustrated. They played a respectable defense in Carolina, but not a top 10 defense in my opinion. And he threw a, a pick six um, and almost, you know, his his poor decision making almost cost them an 0-4 start to the season. So I think just between like Justin Jefferson's poor reactions on the sideline, um, you can tell that this team is done with Kirk Cousins. He's getting paid too much. And I think he's trade bait to a losing organization um, that might need to kind of pick up some slack with their own quarterback play. So. But long story short, I think I think Kirk Cousins is a faller. I think it's because he's barely completing 60% of his passes this season. He's throwing pick sixes when they've, you know, at the one-yard line. Um, and uh, I think he's just making too many mistakes at this point. I think Minnesota is completely done with Kirk Cousins. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. 
I I must say this if, if you if you didn't want to go first on this one, Evan. I it's the irony is the first game they won the season is probably his worst game that he's played all year, in my opinion, right? Because he struggled and they managed to win because they played a team that wasn't that great. Flip side to that though is I strongly disagree that at least from my opinion that the Minnesota team is out on Kirk Cousins because I think those first three games he was not the problem. Like I think Kirk Cousins played really good football. You know, he threw the ball super well. He got his rookies involved. He obviously knows how to get Justin Jefferson the ball. He's definitely, in my opinion, at least like right now, a top 12 quarterback in the in the NFL. Like that, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that for me personally. Like if you're telling me, do I think Kirk Cousins can be a starter on an NFL team and, you know, give him a chance to win 100% I do. And I think the first three weeks he did a very good job of that. And the problem was fumbling because people could not hold on to the football for them the first couple of weeks and their defense cannot – it's like a Swiss Army, like what, what do you call it? Like it's like cheese, like cutting through it's with the Swiss Army knife. Like it's so easy to score on that defense. It's absurd. And so I 100% do not think it's a Kirk Cousins problem. And if I'm if I'm the Vikings and if I'm Justin Jefferson, I love Kirk Cousins because there's only a handful of guys that you could get that could get you the ball at the rate and the accuracy that Kirk Cousins does. So I'm still a believer in Cousins being a good player for a team that's well-rounded. The problem is he's not this immense ceiling raiser. But that's not what he's like. That's not what he, you know, what I anticipate him to be. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but he doesn't have to be. And so I like Cousins. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's more a Minnesota problem over. Yeah, Zach, I I agree with your general stance on Kirk Cousins, but that's that's been my opinion about him his entire career is that he'll play well during the meat of the game, and then when but he makes these catastrophic mistakes that like cost you to lose games. He was able to make up for it against a terrible team this week, but. Again, that's been my opinion on him his entire career. But then I agree with Cy on this year. He's actually played pretty lights out other than that throw um, this year. And I think it's hard to argue that he's not a top 12 quarterback like Cy mentioned. Um, But my issue from the Vikings standpoint, I agree with you that I think they're going to move on from him this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe not at the deadline. I would think they would explore it at this point. But um, I think they'll, you know, let that contract expire. And I think they're realizing that when you pay, what is this contract? 35, almost $40 million a year. When yeah. you pay that much money to a game manager that, as Cy mentioned, can't elevate the guys around him per se and isn't like a ceiling raiser, it's just like you don't have enough money to spend on the rest of your team. And it's like we talked about with Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy is a similar kind of quarterback, and the reason it works is because his contract is basically nothing, and they're able to go get Christian McCaffrey and some of the other guys that they they have on their team. So it's it's that's kind of was my opinion when the Commanders, formerly the Redskins, didn't pay him. I was like. You can't win a Super Bowl when you're paying a guy like Kirk Cousins almost $40 million. And it's not necessarily a knock on him. It's just like, like Sai said, he's not a ceiling raiser and you're paying him to be an elite quarterback. But but with that said, I think this year he's it's actually been his best year on the field. But to Zach's point, they're not winning. So, um, yeah, somewhere in the middle, I guess. But I guess I can jump to one of mine. Um, uh, my biggest riser is definitely CJ Stroud. Um, I think I mentioned this last week you know, kind of putting it out there. I think it's hard to argue. He's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL already. It reminds me of Justin Herbert's rookie year where the second he got a chance, like it was like, whoa, this dude is serious. And I just love the attitude off the field, his press conferences. They got some nice young receivers. Um, You know, I think going into the year, it was like, we knew the talent was there, but it was like Ohio state quarterbacks probably, you know, um, worked against him a little bit, but I'm like, dude, this guy looks awesome. Um, I have him probably definitely top 10. I would, you could even argue top eight, like you could even argue top eight. 
I, I think he looks that darn good. So that's I think, my biggest one. Yeah, I think, like, if you're doing the rankings today, right, like, who – like, today, like, if you're playing tomorrow, like, who has been ranked, I, I agree with you. Then you could probably rank him top 10, top 8 in that sense. Of course, he's played, you know, four games, and, and the reality is he looks amazing as a drop back one step, throw the ball kind of player, and that's what I think he is. And I think – the, the thing that – and I don't want to be a hater because I like Stroud and I think he's he has a very bright future with what I've seen so far. He's obviously in my division, so you might think I'd be biased. The thing with Stroud is I think his ceiling in the modern NFL is, you know, top seven to eight. I don't think his ceiling is ever going to be top three from from what I see out of him because he just looks like a guy that's going to sit there and throw darts, which is amazing. But he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to, like – like take over a game um, in the way that some other players can. So that's my only point of contention, but it's been four games and he could very well prove me wrong. And I could never hate on a guy coming out there, breaking the record for passing yards and in the first like four games, like he's doing everything he can and then some. And I also want to give Houston credit in general because a lot of people said they didn't have playmakers, but Nico Collins and Tank Dell are playmakers. And uh, to say anything less than that is absurd. Those guys have been balling. Um, So I got to give Shaw credit. I agree with you. I would disagree with Ev's take because of exactly what Sai mentioned, playmakers. He's an Ohio State quarterback who have had, you know, consistent problems making it in the NFL based on their offensive scheme because they've only played with playmakers. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. I mean, these were his receivers when he was at OSU. So I'm not saying that Tank Dell isn't great, but I think that you're going to see a deviation back to the mean. I'm just not buying the uh, C.J. Stroud hype. I hope I'm wrong. He's made some plays. Evan's got some great points there but at the end of the day he's an osu quarterback and uh that's already the red flag up there yeah i'll we'll jump see, in we'll see. i'll jump in with a riser i'm glad you picked Stroud though because i actually wanted to make him one of my risers um but i figured evan would already so i was like i'm not going to be redundant I'll, I'll give you guys a riser people said this man's career was done last year matthew stafford is that dude like i am i am tired of the nonsense talk that people said last year with um stafford in a year where he hurt his arm a year after he led his team to the Super Bowl, the year he got traded to him. That is straight disrespect. If you watch Stafford play football right now, his accuracy and his laser sharp like throws have not like deteriorated at all. And he is an absolute dog. That man will play on one leg, one arm. It doesn't matter. He's not afraid to take the hits and play. And the fact of the matter is he walked out there this weekend and basically this whole season. Obviously, the Rams uh, or the Bengals loss wasn't the best. But for the most part this season, three out of four games and, and even some parts of that game, he, with a completely rookie, like, young offense with guys that, like, literally just learned the system this year, has went out there and just absolutely torn defenses up in a way that a lot of other guys couldn't do that. Like, you know, to have Puku, Tutu Atwell, and Kyron Williams, all guys who've never started in the NFL before, and have them all pop off, that's a huge testament to Matt Stafford. So I want to give him a huge shout-out because I think the Rams obviously were really like, you know, people were, were talking a lot of trash about them. They're talking a lot of trash about Stafford. And all he's done is go out there and show that he is one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. And I, I got nothing but respect. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm still a Stafford believer. I hope he stays healthy, though. He got pretty hurt this game, so I hope he stays healthy. Uh, Ed, what are you? What are your thoughts? I'm just I'm mid on it. I'm not as impressed with Stafford as Sai is, but yeah, you're obviously seeing. You know, he's he's great in his own ways. Yeah, I have no contention. I think Sai's right. People kind of um, forgot about him and, and threw him into the old quarterback. Oh, he was hurt. Bucket. 
and he still very well might get hurt, like Sai said immediately. Mm-hmm. And like tied back to Burrow, like again, we were talking about Burrow, like the you know he can't be playing this bad and be blaming it all on an injury because like look at what Stafford does, like Sai mentioned. So I got no issues with that take. All right, let me give you a riser here, and I'm I'm curious to see what y'all's thoughts are on this one. We're gonna go AFC North. Give me Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson went 16 for 19. I mean, people always mess with him for accuracy. But when you go 16 for 19, when your two starting and best receivers, OBJ and Rashad Bateman, are out, that's impressive. I mean, you can only throw to Mark Andrews so much. So the fact that Lamar was responsible for all four touchdowns is something that is so underlooked in the NFL today because there's so many skill position players across these teams that Lamar is really the heart and soul of that offense. It's not like we didn't know that beforehand, but just the fact that he continually goes up there and he is a main contributor for every touchdown that they score. I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, Gus Edwards is their starting running back that I'm pretty sure Lamar had more carries than he did in that game, let alone the amount of throws that he had. But when you have like J.K. Dobbins go down for like the third straight year, Lamar has, without any complaints, gone out there and completely excelled on the field. When you go 16 for 19 um, and you're responsible for four touchdowns, I think it's time that we say Lamar is the reason for this. Again, it's not just the defense. So I wanted to give him a quick shout-out as a uh, riser. I'll let you comment first. Uh, I'll take my medicine this week, 2-2. Two to two. Haters and haters and my anti-Lamar taker, 2-2. <laughs> two two. He played well this week. My challenge to the completion percentage, though, is they throw so many screens to Zay Flowers. He does not throw the down, ball downfield much. Now, he can do it um, successfully time to time, but I don't buy the completion percentage. But he played well this week, so I'll I'll, I'll give uh, give it a 2-2 two to two on the year. Um, Evan versus Lamar. Haters. <laughs> well, I can't say that. I can't say that. The only contention I have to you saying is a riser is that I never thought he was a faller, even when he lost to the Colts last week. I... I am a Lamar fan, and I believe that, you know, obviously when they lose, yeah, a lot of a lot of it is on him. But when they win, it's all him, and that's that's really what I got to say. They don't have running backs. They haven't had running backs in years. Mark Andrews, like you said, is his best receiver, and he's a tight end. Um, and the other aspect of that is I actually think Zay Flowers is their best receiver, with even with Odell and, and Bateman. So I think he's done a good job of, like, getting the, getting the rookie involved. But in reality, you can't scheme for Lamar because – he is the, he's a wizard, like, you know, and, and games that and plays that where drive should be over, he figures out a way to maneuver and make the play extend, and I'm not out on Lamar at all. If anything, I think the reason the Ravens have not been as successful is the way they built the team around him more than Lamar, in my opinion, because I think Lamar, when he's played football and he's been able to stay upright and healthy, has won football games. Like, he's never been a loser, and, and I, don't think he, I don't think he's nothing but a winner. So I, I'm, I've never been out on Lamar in the first place. So I agree with you, Zach. Should we wrap it up? I got two honorable mentions, but they don't need long explanations. Um, my honorable mention riser that I talk about every week is Sam Howell. Cy made fun of him last week. He looked pretty darn good against the Eagles. Tough loss, okay. but I, I won't go into Sam Howell again. Um, Ken, and then one of my fallers is a real bummer. is Kenny Pickett, man. I was high on Kenny Pickett going into this year. Um, and, and boy, he looks awful. <laughs> You the, both uh, look so bad right now. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd bail on the Kenny Pickett trade. 
Um, he looks like a bottom five quarterback in the NFL as well. Now, luckily, I, I was worried he had a bad knee injury, so I didn't want to make fun of him on this pod. Uh, but he's been cleared with just a bruise, so uh, he should be back soon. So I have no problem uh, giving him a hard time because, uh, yeah, what a shame. He just looks terrible. Sam Howell is the best quarterback of that draft. Um, but I'll cut it there. If you guys got any honorable mentions. Well, I actually never even gave my second riser, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw him out there since I, like I more was more reacting to y'all's AR. I mean, let's just be real here. You, you guys already knew I was going to say AR. I think I can totally understand why people came into this season being doubtful because he is not a pure pocket passer like CJ Stroud. But if anything, this game where you're down 23 to nothing as a rookie, you know, you could have chalked it up to just being, oh, you ha- you had your rookie moment. You take a bad L and you move on and. That's not what he did. He came out the second half and he said, this is my stadium and this is my team and I'm going to show the world how good I am. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, some of the plays he made, I don't know if you guys watch any of the highlights. He made a throw where he threw the ball 45 yards down the field, jumping in the mid- He was literally <laughs> jumping in midair and getting hit by Aaron Donald, the greatest defender of our generation, in the chest and completed a 45-yard down pass down the field. And the way he runs and throws the ball like at like 100 miles an hour, with effort, without like effort, it's like it. I'm literally salivating when I talk about Anthony Richardson. Like, that's what his ceiling is. I'm not gonna come out here and pretend like you know, he doesn't have a lot of stuff to work on. But as far as a Colts fan goes, four weeks into the season, and given the fact that he's only played two and a half games, having gotten that concussion, I literally could not have hoped for better. Like, this is, it cannot get any better than this. And I'll touch on the Colts a little bit more when we talk about our recaps because I have something else to add to that. But I'm gonna leave it there for now. I just wanted to give my boy a shout out especially because my boy zach i think is slowly coming around on him after after talking a little smack coming into the uh, early season i am man i've been proven wrong on him so far so i i completely agree yeah i think we lost evan yeah i think we did too well actually that was kind of perfect because oh i think we're back i should be back right yeah, we're good yep yeah, yeah you're back we're good we're good, we're good. all right um, are we still recording, no. by the way? Yep. Yeah, it stopped for a second, but it's back now. So that was actually um, good. We just finished the topic there. Yeah, I don't need to. I wasn't going to say anything of substance. Um, should we? Should we ask, just jump into recaps? Yep. Spend like ten to fifteen minutes, and I'll be perfect. I know we do pick them. See what we got. Oh, oh boy, the, the Seahawks do not look good, gents. It's uh, zero to zero. No one's moving the ball. It looks like. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. You made me think they were down like 20 or something. I was like, what? That's okay. Zero to zero is manageable. Nah. Uh, okay. I can I can kick recaps. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, wrap up the QB riser and faller segment. We'll jump into like a few minutes of recaps here. Um, I guess I'll just, just open the floor. You know, either of you guys have any headlines you want to, uh, to touch on first from a uh, recap perspective that we haven't talked about? Let's. I'll jump in. I, let's start with the um, last night's game. I think that's a good one. Prime time. Everyone was focused on Taylor Swift, but I was more focused on Blake Lively. Just so you guys know, that's that's my goat. I don't know. Only when Taylor Swift is in the booth does one of the most beautiful women of all time not get the attention she deserves. And then more importantly, one of the most beautiful men in the world standing right next to him and Ryan Reynolds does not get the love they deserve. That is one of the greatest couples ever. So I want to give them a shout out, and I also want to give the Jets a shout out because. This is a game that everyone expected them to get absolutely, like, destroyed. Like, I don't think any of us gave them even a marginal chance of keeping it close. 
And not only do I give Zach Wilson a lot of credit, I give that defense a ton of credit. Although I got to say, I don't know what Patrick Mahomes was doing last night. He made some throws yesterday where I was like, are you taking a nap, dude? Like, I don't, I don't like only Mahomes could play that badly and still win that game. Like that's, that's, that's the only guy that could do that. But yeah, the jets looked good. I got to give him credit where credit's due. So I'll leave it there. Yeah. I'm rooting so hard for Zach Wilson. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, I guess it was Rodney Harrison, um, on the NBC post game, like interviewing Chris Jones and like trying his absolute hardest to get Chris Jones to say something bad about Zach Wilson. And he just would not, it was like the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen. And that's how people are treating Zach Wilson. I want him to work so bad and you could tell how much he actually genuinely cares. So mm-hmm. I was so pumped. He played so well. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to say why Patrick looked a little off. His connection with Kelsey looked a little off. And as I understand it, Travis Kelsey left Taylor Swift's apartment at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning when the usual curfew for a game like that is 10.30 the night before at the team hotel. I'm just saying, none of this might be true. None of it might be true, but something to monitor, something to monitor, because they looked very off um, in part due to the defense. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that is a great point. Uh, there's break, they're breaking curfew, and apparently T Swift is already sick of Brittany Mahomes based on a little TMZ story. So uh, that's that's all I got to say about this. Speaking back to football, though, Ev, I wanted to get your perspective on the Philadelphia and Washington game. I feel like we should just talk about that now. I mean, first of all, my takeaway was Forbes, who was the first round draft pick corner out of Mississippi State for Washington. I made fun of that kid. He was 160 pounds soaking wet. I said he's going to get completely manhandled by a guy like A.J. Brown. And that was a quality matchup. A.J. Brown got him at the end where with that double move, beautiful throw by Jalen Hurts. Um, and Forbes was really down on himself. But Forbes is a great player, and I totally did not give respect where respect is done. But he's going to be great for Washington, and I just love his style of play. So, Ev, I'll kind of turn it over to you and maybe kind of get your thoughts on the game. Yeah, I thought the, the guys played great overall. The offense was amazing. Eric Bieniemy drew up a masterclass. Sam was terrific. Um, but uh, I disagree with you. I mean, Forbes got torched. Like he, I, I I agree long term. Like I think he's going to be a good player. We knew he was raw coming in. He's small, all that kind of jazz. But he he got destroyed by AJ. But like my most frustrating thing is like, why are we having Emmanuel Forbes shadowing AJ Brown for that much of a game? when Kendall Fuller is grading out as like a 90, 80 to 90 PFF corner on the other side, Ben St. Juiced, who's like more of a long, like slower, like lengthy guy, like is playing in the slot. Like Jack Del Rio, I just cannot. Like Forbes should not be out there on an island with A.J. Brown. Like it's just a terrible scheme. And then on the the third down play that led to the game-winning field goal, it's like third and 20. They basically just need eight yards for a field goal. And Jack Del Rio blitzes the linebackers and like gives Jalen Hurts a free eight yards. Like Jack Del Rio in the offensive line, I just like can't fade because the rest of the team is so good. They played well enough to win as did the Eagles, but also the refs. Yeah. Like, like it, it was a 50-50 game, um, but yeah. I want to clarify something though. When I when I was laughing, it wasn't because of Forbes. I actually think the Forbes take is fair because I think even though AJ Brown is the worst matchup for him, he's clearly got a lot of potential as a true playmaker if you put him in the right situations. The pro- the reason I was laughing is I was just laughing because of AJ Brown's like he's such a dog. Like yesterday, like in, in the best way because his reactions, like him spinning the ball, like the stuff that he was doing yesterday, you could just see like 
he's like trying to like he's trying to cause enemies so that's why i was laughing because when zach said that i thought of that replay in the end zone the other thing i will say though is if i remember correctly forbes got picked a pick before christian gonzalez. christian gonzalez yeah i don't want to talk about it. christian gonzalez is that dude so that's the problem because for the rest of his career it's going to be similar to the stingley versus the uh sauce gardner comparison because stingley is a good player but sauce gardner is that dude christian gonzalez so far is is playing man-to-man against some of the best receivers in the nfl and has absolutely AJ shot him down aj brown being yeah. one of them and Greg yeah. Wilson is a rookie like he's insane yeah so it, the aj brown thing cost almost cost him the game though because he committed the 15-yard play for taunting forbes which allowed us to get that touchdown um but um yeah i don't want to go down a whole commander's rabbit hole but like the whole like drafting guys for scheme and like fit above like best available like christian gonzalez over um forbes looks bad and then we could have had brian branch too and we still chose to stick with uh Quan martin who's like barely seen the field so yeah um yeah i don't want to go down a commander's rabbit hole but um that's another yep. organizational issue but um I'll, i guess it's my turn to pick a new game here um the bills man the bills are back everyone was ready to put the dolphins at uh on that elite tier than Josh Allen said, now I'm going to go out and beat you by four touchdowns. So, you guys see the I mean, in there, Ev, like the, like the emoji that they were all wearing. And it was just oh, like really? they got the Miami Dolphins. I'm not sure if you saw that, but it was one of Josh Allen's uh, touchdown celebrations. Really? I love it. But th- these kinds of games is where I'm just not quite there with Tua. Like, when you pressure him and like he's not just got all this time and is like easily able to get the ball out to Hill and Waddle, like he has games like this where it just does not look good. And the Bills can scheme up defensively like no other. And don't sleep on that Bills defense. People forget how darn good the Bills defense is, and it looks better than ever. So the Bills are back, baby. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, especially as someone who like over the years has been, you know, the one of the more criticizers of the Bills, right? Like, I like I stand by my take this year. I, I said I think the Bills will win the division, and I. And that there's this is why, right? Like, I may I think I may have picked Miami this week, not because I think like they're a significantly better team, but I just thought because of momentum, um, having beaten a better team last week, in my opinion, or not a better team, but having won in such an absurd fashion last week. But if you think about it, the Bills won in an absurd fashion against a better team in the Commanders. So um, when you look at it that way, like there's a reason I picked the Bills to win the division. I hope that Josh Allen and the Bills can do this in the playoffs because I would want nothing more than to see the Bills actually you know, have success in the playoffs. They're an easy team to report. The other thing is, if I understood this correctly, I think it was Hamlin's first game back, um, right? So that is that is honestly so beautiful that they were able to put on this kind of show his first game back. That makes me really happy to see because, you know, stand-up guy, like, skin to see him back on the field, that's amazing. So honestly, nothing more I can say than what an effort. Well, I think uh, and it's a great point, side. It's good to see him back. And unfortunately, on the flip side of things, it looks like Tredavious White's going to be out with an Achilles for uh, for mm. the whole year, probably. So, you know, obviously, uh, really upset about them for the, for that to happen to such a great player. But what I will say about the the Bills is there's something that Evan said on the podcast last week that really struck the chord, and it was Eric Bieniemy's strategy of pass first, but then establish the run, which is very and very different from the style of the league. Um, and there's two teams that I've seen that do that, and it's the Chiefs and the Bills. And I think when you can successfully pull that off, you can you're going to be unstoppable um, once you kind of get the uh, the oil in the car, right? It's running running nice and fresh. So the Bills kind of had a start of the season very slow against the Jets, but they're starting to play consistently well, and they are going to be 
dangerous. And I, I just think um, Evan's point about the pass-first offenses that then establish the run, those, those are really dangerous teams. Yeah, and I think as good as Jalen Ramsey is, the story here also is that Miami's defense is susceptible to pass. So if you're trying to beat Miami, just go throw the football. Like, just throw it. They're not going to stop you. Like, I mean, people were running wide open yesterday. It was crazy. Um, do you guys want me to yep. jump into another game? Yeah, what else we got? I'm going through the list. I don't see a ton left to be mentioned. What do you got, Cy? I just want to make a quick shot. You got it, Cy. Where's your game? No, real quick. I'm, I'm going to take two seconds on this. I just want to make a quick shout out because I already talked about AR and the Colts, and it was an amazing comeback. We didn't win, but I'm super happy with that. But the thing I want to make a shout out to is everyone that was giving the Colts crap for the way they handled the Jonathan Taylor situation with the whole trade and whatever else. The reality is JT said last season, at the end of last season, I am going to play through my rookie contract. And I love JT, but he said that word for word. But then he saw these other running backs fighting for their deals and good for him. He said, I'm going to go, you know, try to fight for my deal after he went back on his word. And now we're four weeks into the season. He was on the pup. He's coming back and he's practicing and it looks like he's going to play for the Colts this, this, this week. So I'm not trying to defend Jim Ursay because Ursay is a wild man and he's done some crazy things. But one thing we've always done is pay our players that, you know, Shaq Leonard, Quinn Nelson's of the world, if they've continued to show, and if you can go out there, be healthy and ball, then you're going to get paid. And I, I believe that if Taylor is willing to play out the rest of the season with us, he is going to absolutely ball with Anthony Richardson. I'm so excited to see him come play football, and I hope he gets that extension. So I just want to make a quick shout-out to JT. I'm just super excited about the notion of watching one of the best running backs in the last, like, decade play football again. I'm super excited about it. And speaking of running backs, actually the point that I was going to bring up was just the Christian McCaffrey four touchdowns. I'm not sure if you guys saw oh him. My God, sure. Two defenders to get into the end zone. It is unbelievable. And Brock Purdy, 20 for 21, Ev. I'm not sure if you, uh, you're uh, 0 for 2 here based on your quarterback uh, anticipation from last week, but that's a one heck of a game by the kid. Zach, I got a two-second question, two, two question for you. What's up? Is Christian McCaffrey – the greatest player ever to play the running back position? No, no, he's not. What about you, Ev? I'm not really much of a historian, so this is a hard one for me to answer, but um, I, I find that hard to believe that he would be, to be honest. Yeah, he, Especially from a health standpoint. The answer to me is yes. Why? I, I firmly believe Christian McCaffrey is the greatest running back of all time. Not as a pure running back, but as a player to play the running back position. Because what he does with the football in his hand and what he does when you throw the football to him and what he does when he throws the football is undefeated. Anyway, that's all I want to say. He's pretty remarkable, that guy. Um, <laughs> I'm not too concerned about my Purdy take because it's like, even if he has like a, you know, perfect game, like I, it's because of Kyle in the offense. So just the whole take. So it's like, it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, you guys ready to spend like 10 minutes on Broncos Bears? I think it's probably deserving. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Um, the one other thing I'll mention, uh, I, I just could not stop laughing at, um, Brandon Staley, who once again was faced with a fourth and one in his own territory with the game on the line. And he decided to go for it again. And once again, they did not get it. It's just like every week. I, I, first off, they just think it's hilarious. He gets put to this situation all the time. And I just, I just, oh gosh, every week. And he makes the same decision every week, which I respect for him trusting his analytics um, and making the same decision consistently over and over. 
but you know what is the definition of insanity like doing the same thing over and over and you know expecting different results so luckily it didn't cost him but uh that i just could not believe that happened it happens every week i actually have an inside source about that um it turns out that staley was not going to do that anymore and then last week he tuned into mds and he heard zach bakulik give a passionate plea for him to continue to do so and then he changed his mind and decided to do it again today so zach you're having a profound impact on nfl coordinators and, and coaches so i just want to say that oh my god good job such good stuff i think that i think i'm good though i don't know i'm, I'm ready let's, let's do some pickups all righty, boys. Let's uh, obviously the last game is underway. Looks like Seahawks have taken a seven nothing lead, which is good. Uh, DK Metcalf, the touchdown scorer there for um, fantasy interest from you guys. But um, so last week uh, Zach and I tied at uh, so far twelve and three, but we all have the Seahawks tonight, so it won't change anything. Twelve and three, Zach. Incredible week for both of us. Sigh, not so good. Nine and six. Um, which if I look at the map. Yeah, he's going to put Zach in first place by a couple of picks, and then I'm two back from Cy in third place. So um, so Zach takes the lead. Uh, Zach, you were also 9-6 and six against the spread. Cy was 8-7 and seven against the spread. I was 7-8 and eight against the spread. So pretty good against the spread, so, though, Cy. So not all bad. Um, and, yeah, we can uh, jump into this week. So Thursday night football, everyone's favorite matchup. Um, we got Chicago at Washington. Washington is a seven point favorite at home uh Cy starts off commanders win no cover all right zach commanders win and no cover i'll say no cover for no apparent reason but you know hard to trust the commanders um but they certainly win uh, jacksonville at buffalo this is another london game i believe this will be at tottenham hotspur stadium not wembley um buffalo is a Five and a half point favorite. Um, we'll start with Zach. Oh, man, I was really hoping the spread would be higher because I, I like the way the Jacksonville Jaguars are starting to play. But Buffalo is just a unit right now. Don't even be surprised or worried of you know, taking into consideration international play here. Buffalo is going to come in and clean house. I got Buffalo winning and cover. I'm going to say Buffalo wins no cover. All right, I've got Buffalo winning um, and covering as well i'm not too impressed with jacksonville still um move on to carolina at detroit uh detroit is at home and they are a nine point favorite um i'll start i say detroit wins but uh for whatever reason i'll say they don't cover zach i'll say the exact same thing of bryce young was 16 for 16 in the second half looks like he's starting to get uh his mojo as well not the only rookie with uh getting his mojo done so win no cover you said nine point favorites at home yep Detroit wins and covers. Um, all right. The next game is Houston at Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is a one-point favorite at home. Start with, uh, let's go, Cy. I'm going to go Atlanta wins and covers. I have Atlanta winning and covering as well, despite Houston's hot play. Mercedes-Benz is a tough place to play, especially for a young offensive line and rookie quarterback. So, Zach? Well, that was when they... The fake crowd noisy. I'm gonna go Houston money line here, boys. Houston money line. I don't this hate is, the pick. This is wild. Zach last week was the one who was hating on Houston, and then I was the one hating on Atlanta, and then we flipped. I picked Atlanta to win at home. This is crazy. This is why MDS is great. Anyway, continue. It's a tough pick. Uh, next game, uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. 
Another tough game. Indianapolis is a one and a half point favorite at home. As I mentioned, Jonathan Taylor expected back, I guess. Um, I'll start. I think this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Tennessee money line after their impressive performance against the beat up Bengals. Zach? Give me Indianapolis uh, win and cover. Obviously. My guy. Let's go. Indy win and cover. Next game, Giants at Miami. The Giants will probably have to deal with that sun beating down on them at 1 o'clock. Miami is a a 9.5-point favorite as it stands now. That's subject to change after the Giants game is over tonight. Um, Sai, start us off. I'm sorry. Can you you repeat the matchup? I didn't catch a second. Giants at Dolphins. And what was the spread? 9.5. Oh, my gosh. That's a big spread. I'm still going to go Dolphins win and cover. I don't even know if Saquon's going to be. I hope he's back, but I'm still going to go Dolphins win and cover. Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going to Yeah, it's pro- I'm going to say the Giants cover it, but it's probably wrong, to be honest. Um, New Orleans at New England. Um, Mac Jones announced as a starter despite getting benched last week. Um, New England carries a one and a half point um, spread advantage at home. I've got New England winning this one and covering. Zach? This is a tough one because I actually think New Orleans is going to come out and play really well. Now, I'm not sure what the quarterback situation is over there, but uh, I just think Alvin Kamara is going to get – he's going to have his coming his coming out party here with uh, with scoring some touchdowns finally. All right. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, New Orleans to win on the back of 20 receptions by Kamara for 10 yards. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think that's, what, that's I'm still picking New Orleans though. I was going to mention that. That was wild. His stat line last week. Receptions for what, like 40 yards or something? It was crazy. It's like 40 yards. Just insane. Um, All right. Next game, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Um, Baltimore is a four and a half point favorite on the road. Um, Kenny Pickett, no major injury, but they might send him out a week before the bye is something to watch. So it could be Trubisky, which maybe is an upgrade. I don't know. We'll go with Cy first here. Pittsburgh defense is great, but Baltimore to the moon here. Like, Give, give me Baltimore to the moon. Baltimore wins and covers. I've got Baltimore wins and covers as well. Zach? Yep, same here. It looks like we agreed on one. This is a, this is a good spread here. Um, all right, next game. This is the most fascinating one of the week. I cannot wait to watch. Cincinnati at the upstart Arizona Cardinals. And look at the look at this spread we got here. It's only Cincinnati minus three, gents. Minus three. Cincinnati at Arizona. Let's uh, let's go with Zach first. Give me Cincinnati wins and covers. It's I gotta ride this wave. Cincinnati is really not that bad. Um, Cardinals are playing great, but they're just not as good of a team. Sai, I want to lock in that spread right now before it before it increases because that's crazy. Like I understand Burrow's struggling, but come on, man. Cincinnati wins and covers. Well, sorry, we can't lock oh, it in because. No. Oh Arizona money line. James Conner goes for 180 on the ground like Derrick Henry did last week or whatever yardage he got. Arizona shoves it down their throats. Sneaky tough stadium to play at. I just, something is wrong with the Bengals. T. Higgins might be out. Something is wrong there. And Arizona is honestly not that bad of a team. So I'm willing to be wrong here, but I got Arizona on the money line. Um, Vegas knows something. Vegas knows something. I respect um, uh, Eagles at Rams. Uh, I believe we're in the four o'clocks now. Uh, Eagles are four and a half point favorites on the road. I'll start. I'll say Eagles win and cover. I'm out on the Rams. I don't think the Rams are good. Give me that as well. You don't think the Rams are good? Jeez. I think 
Oh, man, this is tough. I'll say Eagles win no cover, assuming Stafford actually plays. All right. Um, Kansas City at Minnesota. Kansas City's a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Let's start with Zach. Kansas City wins and covers. Patrick Mahomes, please score next time and don't slide in the end zone. For one shot. Dude. Oh, my God. What a bad beat. I knew he was going to do it, though, because Pat is so smart, and that was obviously the right thing to do. But, oh, oh man. So brutal. Sigh. Kansas City wins and covers, yeah, like usual. Why are you even asking me? <laughs> yeah. Um, I got no cover because the Vikings always play close games. I don't care who they're playing. It's going to be close, so no cover. Um, Jets at Denver. Interesting. Denver is a two-point favorite at home. Sigh. You said Denver's a two-point favorite at home against against the Jets? Yep. Dude, Russell Wilson played well this week. Um I'm going Broncos winning cover. I mean, I like the oh, Jets. Man. I'm Thank going Broncos winning cover. Thank you, Cy. I completely right. agree. Oh, man, this guy screwed me on Arizona just now and India a couple weeks ago. It's my turn. I'm, I'm going Broncos winning cover. I, I completely agree. Broncos winning cover. They're the better football team right now. And I think they're, I think they're a little bit more hot. I have no problem with you guys betting against the Jets, but... <laughs> I mean, they're clearly a bottom three football team in the league. Like, I don't know how we can't say that. I just, it like, oh, God. I don't know how you can I, say the Jets are, like, no, considerably better than the Broncos yeah. or not. I have no I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs, yep. to be fair. But, um, I mean, uh, I have no I mean, I'm not trying to hate on the pick, but uh, um, I'm more just saying that, like, let's not give the Broncos any credit. I mean, they're clearly one of the worst teams in the league. Um, no, I'm not giving them credit. I'm just saying I'm not giving the Jets credit anyway. Continue. Yeah, no, that, that part is fair. Anyways, uh, Sunday Night Football, an absolute banger. Um, Cowboys at 49ers, a historical rivalry, a rematch of the playoff game last year. It doesn't get much better than this. Um, Niners are only three-and-a-half-point favorites, only three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'll start us off. Niners win and cover. Zach? Oh, this is so tough. Give me Cowboys money line. Oh. Zach, oh my gosh, all my favorite picks. You guys got me this week. Oh, man. All right, I just want to say this right now. Unless San Francisco plays Kansas City this year, which is the only time that I would ever pick against them, give me Kansas, Give me San Francisco wins and covers every week for the rest of the season. I will never bet against them again, ever. Like, I will never do that because they are free money. I got San Francisco wins and covers. No questions asked. Now that Dallas yeah. isn't good, but I will never bet against San Francisco. Actually, you know, what? you know what? And I'm not just revising my pick because the Matrix and what. Zach. Hang on, oh, hang on. Zach. Oh, hang on. boy. When did the Let Cowboys They lost on the road. They're playing in San Francisco. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. I'm willing to change my pick. I'm going to say San Francisco wins. Thank you. No cover, though. That's okay. I'll, I'll take the win. It's better no than that. Please play with it. Oh, God. This is going to be an ugly board this week, gentlemen. Uh, Monday Night Football. Green Bay at Las Vegas. Um, Green Bay is actually a two-point favorite on the road. They got a couple extra days off after the Thursday night game. Um, Size start us off here. Green Bay wins and covers. Zach? Same here. Vegas money line. We're done. We're not going to have a pick this week. Jimmy Garoppolo should be back. Um, I don't think Green Bay's very good at all. That's so. a fair pick, though. That's a fair pick. I don't blame you for that. Yeah, it's it's a it. Well, the problem is, uh, I say it's a tough place to play, but it's going to probably be mostly Packers fans at that one because they travel so well and it's not too far away. So, anyways, that's our board. This is going to be fun. 
Um, honorable mentions, gents, before we log off. Not MLB playoffs around the corner. I just want to, you know, if you if you want to, I want to give a shout out to Evan. I feel like he deserves this. We gave Evan a lot of flack for the Orioles strategy and, and putting together, you know, the rotation. Not that I did, I, you know, didn't trust their prospect development. They've always been good at that, but we gave him a lot of crap for the rotation and they won a hundred games this year and they won the AL East, which literally nobody except for Evan and Orioles, Orioles fans even give him a chance to do. Um, so honestly, pro- credit where credit's due. I was 100% wrong, and I'm rooting for you all to win it all. That's, I will be Baltimore all the way in this playoffs. Good luck, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, football has to go on the back burner a little bit for hopefully in the next month. But that was my honorable mention as well, not just because the Orioles, but so hopefully people start watching some baseball. So it's going to be fun regardless. Um, Zach, before you do, or after you do your aside, I need a, a prediction on uh, who's winning it all, though. Zach? Quick honorable mention, boys. Uh, obviously, for the pod, if you guys didn't know, I've got two younger sisters, and Katie was at the Carolina Panthers game this weekend, and Annie was at the Atlanta Falcons-Jacksonville Jaguars game in London. So I ironically did not go to a football game. But wanted to give a shout-out to uh, both of my sisters going to two NFL games on opposite sides of the world. So that was that's cool. awesome. Wow, that is that is actually amazing. We are all here for MDS family members uh, repping repping at football games or sporting events in general. So shout out to the Pakulik family. Um, Evan, to answer your prior question, MLB playoffs. You're not gonna like my pick at all because obviously it's probably your least favorite organization. However, I gotta pick Houston. I I just I I just believe that Houston. I hope you know though, if it, Houston wasn't as good as they were, you might. I, I'm not just saying this to like be nice to you or be biased i would have picked baltimore just because i don't really like trust anyone else in the al as much as i do houston and i I think baltimore has got like a scrappy team that can like you know like hit after hit can can make an impact but i got houston i think houston's a little overrated this year but uh who's coming out of the who's coming out of the nl then man i hate to do this dude i don't want to pick them but i can't pick against the braves right now dude they just look too good I think my trying to be unbiased pick would be Braves over Orioles in the World Series. Comes down to Game Seven, Orioles bullpen blows it. That's my pick. But uh, um, all right, I guess we're done. See y'all in Week Five. That was Mondays Down South. Thanks for watching, as always. Mondays Down South.